afternoon and welcome to Midday Moms. It's uh, Dorothy Polarski uh, welcoming you. We do ask as you're signing on, um, it just in the chat box to tell us where you're from. And, you know, I'm Susie from South Africa or Betty from Boston, you know, sign on, let us know where you're from. We love getting to know you. Janine, hi Janine from Kitchener. Hey, hey, Janice, hi Janice. I know you're from Milton. You don't even have to tell me. <laughs> I know where you're from. So please uh, tell us where you're from. We're really excited to have uh, Teresa Tavio here today. It's so, so, so exciting um, to have her. Teresa has been a hero of mine for years and years and years. So I'm just so thrilled to have her. Uh, hi, Carmela. Hi, Liz, Adriana. Um, Adriana, you're from St. Catherine of Siena in Mississauga. Yes, yeah, it is very exciting to welcome Teresa. It is. Teresa, while we're waiting for a, a few more moms to come on, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe for a few people? I don't know anyone that hasn't heard of you, but... <laughs> well, sure, that's very nice of you, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who haven't heard of me. <laughs> I wish that weren't the case, but let's be honest, okay? Well, I'm a syndicated talk show host for EWTN and Ave Maria Radio, and we were chatting before the break, before, before we went live, that this month actually would be my 40th year in media that I'm only 25. I don't know how that <laughs> happens. I haven't figured out the math yet, but so I'm a syndicated talk show host, best-selling Catholic author. I'm a deacon's wife, which is a very important role for me. And my husband played a huge part in my reversion to the faith, which is just an incredible story of, of God's miraculous healing in our marriage. But I wear many hats. I, I have a relatively new Italy travel consulting business, helping people get the most out of their Italy pilgrimages or a uh, any type of a trip to Italy, which is my favorite place on earth next to my home of uh, the United States of America. And I also write books. As I mentioned, I do webinars and webcasts, and I comment a lot on Catholic women in the church, women's issues, also life issues. I'm the annual correspondent for EW10 at their March for Life. And I also, in addition to doing all that, I write for the Deacons Magazine as a Deacons Wife. I write a lot for Catholic World Report. I just had a big article posted last week on the World Communications Day statement for John Paul II. Really anything having to do with media and culture, that's, that's my thing because the culture affects us in so many ways. And my whole story of leaving the secular media and entering into the Catholic media was because of what was happening to the news media. And this was, again, over a long time ago, over 20 years ago. So I wear many hats, but primarily serving as a Catholic talk show host and Italy travel consultant, media consultant, and best-selling Catholic author. So there you go. There you go. So um, I, I uh, again, I'm, uh, I'm almost like kind of pinching myself. I'm so excited to, to chat with Teresa. I've been following Teresa, gosh, I don't know for how many years, um, I'm, and I'm sure all of you are just as excited as I am to, to have her here. A big warm welcome to Lucy uh, Pignatello. And oh, hey, Paisan. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, Nelsey Paola Marshall from St. Christopher's. Paola, great to see you. And uh, yeah, just very, very excited to have you all here. So for those of you that have never attended one of our midday mom sessions. I know some people are a little bit nervous about chatting in the chat. 
and some of you are just sort of lurking in the background, which is completely okay. I wanna tell you a little bit about our ministry. So um, catholicmomsgroup.com hosts these uh, midday mom session. We're faith partners with the Archdiocese of Toronto. And um, we have, you know, we're on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. And we do so primarily by helping parishes start Catholic moms groups. We have helped over 45 parishes start uh, Catholic moms groups. And uh, we're, we're, uh, we're starting one in the American Alaska too, in the North Pole. Wow, <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Um, and uh, yeah, we've just uh, launched a new membership website and we've pivoted all of our materials uh, digitally. And so now we can serve anyone in the English speaking world. I do want to show just our two and a half minute short uh, video on our mother's group. And we're always praying that somebody here decides that yes, they're going to start a mother's group. We had one mom uh, last week um, reach out from Arkansas saying, okay, Dorothy, what's the deal? So Great. if you feel called, let me know. But I do want to share the video with you and uh, pardon me as I, oh, there we go. Mothers, by our very nature, we are nurturing, loving caregivers. We are social beings made for friendship and community. We are also spiritual by nature, made by a loving God to know him and love him, and to pass this love of our Catholic faith on to our children. But right now, many mothers feel overextended, distracted, and exhausted. Though as Catholics, we have the community of our church, many mothers attending mass could not name the mom sitting next to them in the pew they share community and support among Catholic mothers is desperately needed in this hectic and chaotic culture. Your parish needs you to bring these moms together. Hi, my name is Dorothy Polarski. I'm the founder of Catholic Moms Group. We at Catholic Moms Group are on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. We exist to bring together like-minded, faith-filled mothers who crave community and are focused on spiritual growth, Catholic teaching, and fellowship. Can you imagine a thriving, engaged mothers group at your parish? A group of moms in love with their Catholic faith, ready to serve other mothers no matter what stage of motherhood they're at? Can you imagine what a difference that would make at your parish? Starting a mothers group, it's not rocket science. But working with a team who's done it before and who's done it dozens and dozens of times sure does help. The Catholic Moms Group membership site is an online community that offers training, resources, and dozens of tools for parishes to help them start a mother's group quickly and efficiently. We're here to provide you with a clear path to launching a Catholic Moms Group at your parish. 
All of our materials are 100% Catholic. We have clearly laid out meetup plans for both mom's groups and toddler groups. We are obedient to the magisterium of the Catholic Church. We have created dozens of tools that are going to save you time and energy. And besides that, we love our Blessed Mother. We constantly turn to her for her intercession. You can make a huge impact in your parish, so join us. We are revolutionizing the way parishes start mothers groups by providing parishes with a Catholic mothers group starter kit and by nourishing and training a community of Catholic mothers group leaders across the world. It's time to start a mothers group at your parish. Join us today. Our secret little agenda is hoping that one of you feels motivated to start a mother's group. But I've got to tell you that having uh, Teresa here, like I'm, I have to be careful I don't start crying. <laughs> because when I first uh, was sort of venturing into using my professional skills in the Catholic world, I was kind of like, I just didn't feel like I fit in because I thought I'm not meek, I'm not really that gentle. <laughs> I'm pretty loud and outspoken and uh, I was having a really hard time kind of finding someone that I could identify with and I could sort of think bada bing bada boom I want to become like her you know and uh, so it was you know at least 10 years ago that uh, I heard Teresa uh, Tamio speak at the uh, Lift Jesus Higher rally in Toronto Canada I then just fell in love with her book. I think I bought, I don't know how many copies her book Noise and how many moms I gave that book out to. And then another one of her books that's an all time favorite of mine uh, was Extreme Makeover. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's just been such an incredible honor and privilege to be observing her. And I have to tell you that when I was preparing for these EWTN, uh, interviews. I was so nervous that I'm like, I need a coach. And, uh, uh, you know, Teresa is the coach that I hired. And I encourage yeah. you, if you're ever looking to move your professional skills into the faith-based world, there's help out there. And Teresa is your go-to person. Uh, Thanks, Dorothy. It means a lot. We had, we had a great session. You did fabulously on EW Chen. You, you looked wonderful. You were very enthusiastic. But yeah, in addition to the, the media training, I have a whole section on my website at TeresaTomino.com all about media training and consulting. I also do career transitions. And so if someone is, is quite, if there's a woman out there right now who's trying to figure out how do I go into either whether it's part-time or full-time, how do I transfer my gifts and my skills to be utilized in my faith? And, and sometimes we have the idea that, oh, I have to go work for a diocese or an archdiocese, maybe, but usually that's not the case. Usually what you'll find is that you can start your own ministry and you know start it a little bit at a time, but be fairly successful at it if that is what God is calling you to do. So so I love it. And my, my book, another one of my books, God's Bucket List, uh, is all about that in terms of God has a bucket list for us, not for himself, but he has a whole list of things he wants us to fulfill if we would only 
turn our lives over to him and let him take us where, where he will. So yeah, thanks for that. I, I'd love to help anyone out there. Yeah, no. So it's, uh, it's just a real thrill. And uh, uh, Teresa was saying just earlier before we went on that, you know, so many women have kind of thanked her after she's given a talk, you know, thank you for being normal. I want to thank you again. <laughs> I guess that's probably a wrong adjective to use about myself. I don't think my husband would call me normal. I guess, I, I guess maybe, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I think people identify with me because, uh, you know, I was in many career women who were, they were in the world, but not of the world. And, and like you, women, in terms of your incredible background as well, can appreciate that. Uh, that I come from a place where I understand how the real world works um, and, and very intimately, especially with my area of expertise in the media. So there's room for all of us in the church. And that's what's so great, even with moms. I mean, your group Catholic Moms is fantastic, but I'm a spiritual mom. My, my husband and I never had any children, but John Paul II talks all about spiritual motherhood in so many of his beautiful documents. And so we're all moms if we're, if we're women. Because this, that's our, our, our receptor. I mean, we receive, you know, we give and then we receive as well. So we're all moms in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And how many millions of, you know, women have you mothered with, how many books have you written now? 15, 16? At least 15. If you count the, um, the All Things Girls series that I co-wrote with two other authors, that was, um, there was about five or six books. Unfortunately, it's not being published anymore. But if you count all those books, it's probably even closer to 20. Uh, but on my own, I've written over a dozen, and that's been in about, um, well, my first book came out in 2007, so what's that, 14 years. But yeah, you know, I'm trained as a reporter, and I love to write, so it's like breathing for me. It, it, it's just, I don't know, I just, I felt really called to write, first of all, noise about the media, how our media-saturated culture dominates lives and dismantles families. And of course, you mentioned extreme makeover. Little did I know that God would keep putting in my heart you know, to write new books, including the latest, uh, Listening for God, Discovering the Incredible Ways God Speaks to Us, which is hot off the presses. It's my latest book. So yeah. And, and what was the catalyst for this book and this, this, you know, these series of stories? Can you tell us a little bit about it? That, that's a great question. I mean, in, in just in line, cer certainly with what we've just been talking about, about finding our way and discovering the way God speaks to us. And I've had so many experiences, and I know we all have, where we call those, I don't want to call them coincidences, I call them God-sidences, where we know it's just too coincidental to be a coincidence, that an answered prayer you're thinking about someone driving along the freeway and their favorite song comes up, or you're thinking about something that's heavy on your heart and you turn and you see a billboard or a marquee in front of a church that pertains directly to what you're going through. You maybe have an angel experience, and I had several of those, and I have them in the book. You have an experience at adoration or reading scripture. I, I, want, I had so many of these that I started collecting them and sharing them in my various presentations and retreats. And then I started to talk to other Catholic women and men uh, in, in the business of speaking and in motivational speaking. And we've all had these experiences and, and also different people in different walks of life, even those who aren't on the front lines uh, as I am in terms of speaking and, and on the air. And God speaks to each of us differently, but he's always trying to reach us. And I said, in the middle of everything that we're all going through, still coming out of it, thanks be to God, but you know, with COVID, it was so dark for, for such a long time with the churches being closed and not knowing what was going to happen that I just felt that we needed to be reminded that God's word is true when he says, I will be with you always till the end of the age. And he is in so many ways. And the stories in this book, they're not just mine. I have about, I think, five or six. 
Al Cresta from EWTN and Ave Maria Radio, Steve Ray, oh my goodness, uh, so many other people in this book, Kelly Walquist from Women in the New Evangelization, Joan Lewis from EWTN, sharing the way God showed up just when they needed him most and some very, very unique circumstances uh, that happen. And so the whole idea of listening, not just to God, which we must do as believers, but also for God, anticipating what he's trying to say to us. So that was a catalyst for the so what's the What's the difference of listening to God versus listening for God? Like that right. was intriguing to me. Yeah, well, the listening to God is obviously, as Catholics, we do our best to follow the Ten Commandments, uh, the teachings of the church, uh, meet our at least our weekly mass obligation, which, is, which obviously is still re uh, required and hopefully making it to confession at least uh, you know, once I, I try to go once a month, I think that's a healthy amount of time, um, you know, to put in between your, your different uh, times of sacrament of reconciliation. So listening to God in terms of, yes, Lord, we're trying to do our best to follow the teachings of the church and to be faithful Catholics. We fall, we're human, we sin, but then we get back up, go into confession, start all over again. So listening to God, listening to the teachings, the commandments, but listening for God is an anticipation. Okay, Lord, what's going, you know, I'm anticipating how are you going to speak to me? And if you approach it that way, things will pop up. Your, your eyes will be open. Your ears will be open. Your heart will be more open, maybe to recognize that sign that you may have missed along the way that God was trying to show you. It is about listening for him and making sure that when we're praying, and the Pope just talked about this on Sunday in his general audience, he talked about distractions in prayer and what we can do to overcome them. So to make sure that we're listening closely when we have that prayer time or scripture time that we're not bogged down with other things and listening for God gives us continued direction in our lives. Yeah, one, one way that God has worked often in, in my life is, um, you know, it's like certain questions come to me and it helps me kind of sometimes discern, you know, mm -hmm. what God might be calling me, you know, to. So, you know, for example, when my husband's uh, father died, I kind of, okay, well, what would a good wife do? Mm -hmm. And then I kind of like, listen, you know, like, what would a good wife do, you know? Um, and so um, can you recommend any sort of tips or any suggestions on how, you know, moms or women might, or people really might be listening for God? Sure. Well, I, I think those questions are that that's a, that's a great gift that the Holy Spirit has given you in terms of uh, you know being open to testing yourself in terms of how how much further God wants you to go in any particular situation. But I think number one, and you have to do this every day, not just once. You have to submit to God. You have to submit totally to God and and His and Holy Mother Church. Saint Teresa of Avila, whom I love, she's my favorite saint. Uh, pretty equal to Saint Catherine of Siena, but I have to. I like the shy ones, Dorothy. You know. <laughs> Yeah, really, so I, but I was named after St. Teresa of Avila, which is a funny story with my, with my mom. If we have time, I'll, I'll share it with you. But the first thing is submission. She has a, a great uh, poem called In the Hands of God, and it's a long litany. I encourage people to look it up. And I didn't discover it until I was over in Avila a few years ago for uh, a beautiful anniversary. I think it was the 500th anniversary of her death. And I was there on pilgrimage with Steve Ray. And I thought I knew everything or mostly everything about this great saint. And I came across this poem and it was like, whoa. And it's called In the Hands of God. And the main refrain is, I am yours. I was made for you. What do you want me to do? So in other words, and you know, the scriptures say, here I am, Lord, I've come to do your will. 
that same thing, that simple prayer is, is the first place to start. No matter how faithful we are or we're trying to be, the most important thing is, are we consistently submitting to God to be, you know, clay in the potter's hand, as, as the Old Testament says? Number one, we have to find time to silence ourselves. You can go back to my very first book, Noise, right? The distractions, as the Pope said also in his general audience over the weekend, the distractions are many. And he even mentioned the media. He talked about the media greatly in terms of the uh, negative influences of the media and how it's, it's always bombarding us 24 seven. So when we have that quiet time with the Lord, it has to be a quiet time. We have to put down the phone, we have to move away from the noise, back away from the computer. And then when we're sitting down and doing our prayer time, listening for what God wants to tell us. The other big thing that, that something that my husband and I still try to do, we started, we both are reverts to the faith, fell away for many years and came back, is be in the daily readings every single day, which is very easy to do. I'm sure the Canadian Bishops Conference has a link on their website, probably the Archdiocese of Toronto as well, uh, AveMariaRadio.net, EWTN.com, The Magnificat, The Word Among Us. But we have to be in those daily readings every day because that's how we're going to hear more from God. And so you can do a mini divine reading or a mini Lexio Divina every single morning simply by doing the daily readings for the Mass and saying, okay, Lord, I want to listen more closely for you. What are you going to tell me about this reading? And you may have read it 100, 300 times before, but scripture is alive. And if you're open to it and listening for God to speak to you through the scriptures during that prayer time, he's going to maybe show you something that you hadn't seen before. Uh, the other thing is obviously, as I mentioned earlier, availing us, ourselves of the sacraments as much as possible. Really important to make sure you're getting to reconciliation. If, if you can get to adoration, to just sit in front of the blessed sacrament and just be there in the presence of God. The, the other thing I really encourage people to do is, is to really learn about their faith, uh, know the faith and be able to explain it. I'm not saying you have to be a theologian and walk around with the catechism or hit somebody over the head with it or, you know, the Bible, but you should be able to explain your faith, the basics of the faith, the basic tenets of the faith, the four marks of the church, one holy Catholic and apostolic. You should be able to help people understand, you know, why we believe that the Eucharist is not just a symbol that it's body, blood, soul, divinity. And the more you study the faith, the more God's going to reveal himself to you. So different Catholic websites, Catholic apologetic sites, uh, doing what you can to educate yourself and your family and your own domestic church about the faith. And again, but keep submitting and submitting and submitting yourself over and over again to the Lord. Now, it's, uh, it's, an, it's an interesting word, submitting, right? Because I think the, 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 feminist, you know, the feminist movement taught us everything except to submit. Um, and so would submission mean being obedient? Is, is, is that what is meant? Submission is, it mean, it means being obedient, obviously, to the church and the teachings. But it, it's, a, it's a word that has a negative con con connotation in the culture. But from a Catholic Christian perspective, it's a very positive thing because if you, what did, what did Jesus do? You know, the, the ruler of, you know, the Alpha and the Omega, the ruler of, of everything submitted to a horrendous death on a cross. Now, it humbled himself and came as a child. So if he can submit God, the great I am, then who the heck do we think we are or we can't submit? And I think, I think the feminist movement did submit. They just submitted incorrectly. They submitted to the world. 
and their own bodily desires trying to become their own gods and look where it's gotten us since you know, um, Vatican II, since, since the so-called sexual revolution. It's a mess and women are suffering the consequences continuously. That's why I wrote the book, Extreme Makeover. So yes, submit does have a negative connotation if you don't understand it. You know, we don't have any problem in the world, think about it, submitting to, okay, we know if we want to be healthy, you know, we can't live on, you know, as much as I love Cheez-Its, I can't live on those 24-7. You know, I can't, I, I can't submit into my desires to whatever, just shop all day long or, or eat too much or watch too much TV. We get that. We get about not submitting and, and letting our lives spin out of control or God forbid, you know, to, to drugs and alcohol. If, if, if there's an issue there, we understand that. That's why we have wonderful help for people who get caught up in that. But yet when it comes to submitting to God, the rule of the universe, we, we have a problem with it. We struggle so, with it. We struggle with it, right. Because from a worldly perspective, it sounds like we're losing something. But when you give yourself to God, he's going to take you to places that are beyond your imagination. If you would have told me, uh, gosh, you know, 25, 30 years ago that I would be a Catholic talk show host and, and a host on EWTN television, you know, writing books about um, women's issues in the church, being a pro-life activist, I would have told you, I don't know what you're smoking or drinking, but I want some of it. <laughs> that was not my plan. Yeah. I had my plan, but my plans were making me miserable. And even after I came back from the church, I was in this struggle with God. I had one foot in the Catholic world and one foot in the secular world. And I finally, you know, I walked away from the secular media, a very high paying job in the year 2000. I had no idea what I was going to do. I just knew I couldn't do it anymore. That I, I felt like a fish out of water, even though it's the only thing I really know how to do was news reporting. But I walked away from it in 2000 and never looked back. And I'm a hundred times happier than I've ever been. Yeah, so I do have a couple of more questions, but I just want to kind of defer to some of the uh, moms or ladies that are watching us. There's a question here. Um, <clears throat> how can you talk to your daughter-in-law on how to treat your son better with respect? Uh, I think you got to pray about that one. You gotta <laughs> I don't know that, um, yeah, that, that's an issue of prayer. Does, does well, I would say I would say this too. In addition to praying about it, I would also say, "How was your?" Because we, we, you know, we're, we're on a chat here. We have no idea, and and I answer questions all the time. I, I'm an international talk show host, and what we get, unfortunately, is limited information because of time. We have no idea, you know, knowing maybe a great relationship that this lovely woman has with her daughter-in-law. But the first thing that you need to do is you need to make sure that you have a good relationship with her, and that she feels comfortable in speaking with you. And that could, you can build on that respect. Um, and and if, if it's not there yet, then, then pray about that and, and, and maybe see ways or you can bridge any type of gap you have. But it's, it's something that's, that's very, very tentative. It's very tough. So tread carefully, uh, but make sure that you do so with a lot of prayer. But I would say the first thing that, that I would suggest is to build up that relationship before coming in and trying to make a statement without getting her on the defensive and then heaven forbid her pulling her husband away from you. That's, that's yeah. And I guess, you know, I know personally I have to be careful because I've been too enthusiastic about telling people what I think they should do. Mm -hmm. And it got me into a lot of trouble. Um, but I, I'm just wondering, do any of you here have any very specific questions uh, for Teresa before I continue with my questions? Because I want to make sure that 
you know, maybe you've joined us today with um, a question that you'd like to ask her, uh, please do so. Just pop them in the chat and I'll make sure that uh, we, we get to them. Now, just getting back to your book, Listening for God, um, Teresa, what were some of your favorite stories in that book? Because, you know, it sounds like there's a lot of them and you must have one or two kind of favorites in there. Oh my goodness. There's, there's so many, it's, it's, it's hard to choose, but probably one of my favorites is um, uh, my friend who's a new Catholic and uh, she works for the Marian fathers in Stockbridge. And we go way back. We used to work at channel seven, the ABC affiliate in Detroit together. And, and she was uh, uh, raised in a good Christian home, Protestant home, but was hired to work in, in development for uh, of course the Marians there and became very intrigued uh, with the Catholic faith. She thought it was absolutely beautiful. She'd go to mass. She couldn't receive, obviously, but she just thought and fell in love with the divine mercy because they're all about promoting the message of divine mercy. But the big, one of the biggest stumbling blocks, and I gave her my book, Girlfriends and Other Saints, which came out a few years ago, was Mary and the Saints, which is often you know, an issue for many converts coming in. And I was telling her, and she says, well, wait a minute, we're only supposed to pray to Jesus. And, I, and she says, that's only for God. I said, well, we don't worship the saints. We don't worship Mary. We ask for their help, just like you asked me to pray for a particular thing. We go to the saints. And I said, try it. I said, try it next time you, you, you have an issue or you, you need help. So she tells a story in the book about how um, she was driving back to Michigan. Her mom is in the Stockbridge area. She's actually from there. So she goes back and forth to check in on her elderly mom. And she didn't have a time to get the car checked. And so she took off and it's like a, what a 12 hour ride from, you know, Stockbridge, Massachusetts to Metro Detroit here where she lives. And she stopped when she got into town to take a look because she was a little bit worried about a few things in the car. And the mechanic said, where did you come from? And she said, I came from Massachusetts. And he said, that's impossible. And she said, what do you mean? He said, there's no way this car should have even survived two miles out of your driveway. And it hit her like a ton of bricks because she knew in the back of her mind she needed to get some things checked. She didn't have time. So she started to call on the saints. And she was saying, you know, I, I gave her a couple of saints, you know, for whom to ask, you know, to, to, to speak with or ask for their intercession. And she realized that they were protecting her. And so that just meant a lot to her. And there's there's other stories. Uh, I had a friend who who lost her husband suddenly, and she had been going through a very powerful Ignatian retreat right before the death of her husband. And so everything that she was learning in that retreat, she was going through at the time of her husband's passing. He, he died, uh, took about uh, two days. Uh, they tried to revive him after a severe heart attack. Uh, Al Cresta's story, his struggle with, with um, depression, but also he had a bright note in a story where he talked about how he was affirmed. And I don't wanna give it away because I want people to get the book, Listening for God. Here it is, shameless plug right here from Sophia Institute Press. You can get it at my website, TeresaTomlin.com. But he wanted to get back into music and something really out of the blue happened to affirm it. And it was the same day he was made the decision to finally go ahead and I'm gonna start going back to my music. He, he has a beautiful voice. A lot of people don't know this about Al Cresta, but he, he, he's a vocalist and he plays the guitar, but he had put it on the back burner. And so the day he decided to pick up the guitar again, he had a huge affirmation from a total stranger. So stories like that. Uh, I have a couple of stories, uh, one called the angel at the train station where my husband and I did receive some divine intervention and we got stuck at a train station in the middle of nowhere in Northern Italy. All my angels are Italian for some reason. I mean, it just kind of works out that way. 
So the book's incredible and the, the stories are, are you know, just, just phenomenal ways that God speaks to us. It, and it's, and it's where, really where, um, where can people get okay. the book again? Where can people get they the book? They can get it at my website or just on Amazon, Listening for God, Discovering the Incredible Ways God Speaks to Us. And in the back of the book, you know me, Dorothy, I'm all about the resources. I give all kinds of great information. I have a whole step-by-step -step process similar to what I just said earlier but what are some of the ways we can listen for God? So I have a whole group of resources in here that will help people. But I just think the stories are so uplifting. Oh, and the other thing I did is at the end of each chapter, I don't want people to just walk away and say, wow, that was a really neat story. So this is the kind of book you can use in your mom's group, actually, if you would like, and also in your own personal study, because at the end of each chapter, I had the contributors write reflection questions on what they had experienced. Oh, wow. And I had them pick a quote from a saint and like a little summary. So each chapter, there's a little lesson and it really gives you, you know, pause and, and, and time to reflect on what that particular contributor was saying. So we have moms, we have single women, we have the owner of a travel agency. We have um, a woman who just retired, my friend, Kathy, who lost her husband. We have the mom of a special needs child with stories in there. So it's quite different. Lots of different people from all walks of life. Well, that's uh, fantastic. We've got a couple more questions here. Sure. Wanna, um, uh, someone's asking, how do we discern where we should worship? My pastor is confusing me. Um, I, you know, I, I think I probably am not the first person that has left one parish and then gone to another. So um, do you have any tips on how to discern where? Well, I, I think, again, a lot of prayer. Um, and if, if you have a relationship with the pastor, maybe perhaps you could uh, make an appointment and, and talk with him one-on-one -on -one and give him a chance uh, to explain and maybe um, have him explain what you found confusing about. I'm thinking it might have been a homily or maybe a, a, another message that he put out either online or in the church bulletin. So give them a chance maybe to explain. Uh, but if you're really feeling uncomfortable, um, you, you may just want to pray and, and look around and maybe ask some people in the area that are happy with the parish that they're at. And, and there's nothing wrong with, with taking some time to do this. You don't have to jump automatically. And I don't, I don't, I'm not recommending church hopping, but if you really feel that you're not getting fed, um, I would do some real discernment, but I wouldn't leave without having a heart to heart with the pastor or the associate pastor and giving them a chance. Uh, because they, I think they should, they would want to know why you're leaving if you do decide. But sit, I, I would give them the opportunity maybe to set up an appointment with them and say, you know, I'm really struggling and I'm hoping you can help me. Yeah, um, just a real heart-to-heart -heart conversation. Yeah, and I, I, I support you in that. And I don't, I don't usually make public confessions, but here you go. <laughs> you're going to get one hot off the press here. Um, you know, I have a fairly, uh, you know, extroverted, sometimes demanding personality. And one mistake that I've made, and looking back, I, I'm sorry I did it, and I just want to caution, you know, some of you, because maybe you're on the verge of making the same mistake, and hopefully you won't, but I did switch parishes, you know, quite a bit, and only because, you know, we've got Our Lady of Peace, we have Nativity of Our Lord, we have St. Dominic's, we have St. Peter and Paul, we have Our Lady of Sorrows, we have St. Clement's. Like from where I live, I think I've got 12 parishes I can be at in, in 10 minutes. But one problem with that, okay, and I did it partly because of my son's hockey schedule, partly because of my daughter's ballet schedule, 
partly because, you know, Holy Angels offers an evening mass and so-and-so doesn't. Well, the problem with it, the fallout of that is what? Is that my kids were never deeply rooted in one parish community, you know? Mm -hmm. So they were baptized in the Polish church because I wanted them, you know, my Polish mother before she passed away to feel that our, you know, and, and so I don't know, like my kids say, well, no, no, mama, it was good because like we have the big flavor, but then part of me kind of mourns that, you know, we don't have deep roots in one parish. And you'll find that just as soon as one priest upsets you, and then another one goes, and then you've left. And then I was going to say that, right, right. You know, so I, I just, I just caution you that if you do switch parishes, there is a price to pay for that as well. Um, there's another question here for you, Teresa. Hi, Teresa. I love your positive energy. I pray every day, read, um, read the rosary as well as the book, uh, Consecration Through the Blessed Mother. And I, I still feel a bit lost. What can I do? I always ask the Lord for guidance or, or, or sign. I don't know if you have any, um, you know. Any well, I'm not sure what she's lost about. Again, we're, we're working on a, a little bit of information, but that's not, don't feel like like um, you're alone in that. A lot of people feel that. In, in this, this is a, a crazy world in which we're living and, and it's upside down, right is wrong, wrong is right. We've been through so much, not only as a, a continent, right, North American continent, but as the world in terms of this this craziness with COVID and and just the the evil we've seen unleashed in the last, I would think, especially the last 10, 15 years with some of the things that are going on now. I, I would just say keep going back, keep going back. And also, I had a Bible teacher tell me years ago that all sunshine makes a desert. I can tell you from the bottom of my heart that all the suffering that I've gone through, every situation, no matter how uh, bad or ugly it was, God has used for greater good. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So this could be a, a, a time of perhaps purification, a time of growing closer to the Lord, a time of, of God. Um, and I'm not saying this is your situation. I'm just proposing this because I don't have all the information, but it could be the chance for you to really completely submit and resubmit and just throw yourself at the mercy of of jesus his divine mercy and just keep going back and, and asking our lady for help she's our mother she told san juan diego don't you know i'm your mother no we're just celebrating all these great marian feast days in in this month of of may fatima and our lady of lords and and so many things to to thank our our our, our god for and giving us the apparitions of our lady so keep going back do not give up one suggestion i would i would i would make for you is to get in the habit of reading the messages that come out of the church. This is very easy to do. For example, pertaining to your particular situation, the Pope addressed issues that come up with prayer. Uh, every week, the Pope does the general audience on Wednesdays. And then on Sundays, he does, well, during this season, the Easter season, it's called the Regina Celli. Uh, afterwards, it's called the, the, um, the Sunday um, Angelus. So once uh, the Easter season is over. But the messages are very short and concise, but they're, they're powerful nuggets. And so just yesterday, his audience message is all about struggling with prayer and the different things that we go through. And sometimes he said, it's difficult. Prayer is not easy and we may feel dry. We may feel alone, but he has some great advice uh, on how to work through that. So see what the, the, the Vicar of Christ, the Pope has to say about certain issues in our life. And, and you can do that very easily. Just go, just, just Google Vatican.va, Vatican News. 
uh, Pope's general audience message. I've got links on my website. And this is, this is what I'm talking about in the book, that to really take advantage of these amazing gifts that we have in the church. Again, I'm not saying you have to quote document, you know, verse and chapter, but the voice of the Pope sitting on the chair of Peter, you know, the apostolic succession is something huge. It's a gift that is that was given to the church. And it's very, very important because Jesus promised that through the Holy Spirit, the church would never err. And so when we're talking about um, matters of faith and morals, we can see direct guidance here from the church, especially in these weekly messages. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's too like, I, I'm really glad that you've signed on today and joined us because, you know, there was a time, for example, too, that I, I just didn't have the Catholic confidence I do, but like meeting women, you know, like Teresa Tamio, meeting women like Donna Cooper O'Boyle, meeting women like Kimberly Hahn, and then meeting moms in the moms groups where it's like, oh, okay, you know, you come face to face with another woman who's trying to live um, out her vocation as a Catholic woman with, with integrity and she's struggling and she's vulnerable and you're not pulling the dagger out of your back because she's praying for you and you're praying for her. Like for me, starting uh, a Catholic, you know, mom's group um, was, it, it just was a game changer for me because mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know, here's 10 of us, here's eight of us, here's 12 of us, here's four of us. And we're sitting around a campfire, just like we are today with Teresa. Right. Right? right. And like, who else would have said to me, Dorothy, make sure you listen to the messages from the Pope. It's a gift. And it's like, da -da, ding, ding, ding. Right. We need one another, you right. know, especially like, I don't know about, you know, those of you that are here from Toronto, but it has just driven me crazy and made me just so angry that, you know, Cardinal Collins, you know, puts out a letter advising schools not to put up the, you know, Catholic schools not to put up, you know, the rainbow flag during June, and they're not listening to him. And it's like, oh my gosh, right? It's, we live in a crazy world. So we, we do need one another. Um, you have a great archbishop, though, let me tell you, he's wonderful. I've heard him speak. He came down to uh, Michigan a few years ago. He's, he's wonderful. And I did read that story. And that, you know, that that is not only um, scandalous, but it's very confusing because here you have the, the teacher, the shepherd for your archdiocese speaking truth in love. I mean, I read the letter. It was very loving. Mm -hmm. And the schools are saying, nah, you know. And so what does that look like? Now, what you need to do is you need to dig a little bit more deeply into that story and say, OK, well, what's going on here? Well, and I know this because I'm so close to Canada and Michigan, and I've spoken at, at uh, Canadian uh, different areas, not only parishes, but also at Canadian Catholic schools. So I know how the system is set up and how those who run, are running that, that the archdiocese, is they, they don't control in terms of the school boards. So oftentimes the church is going to get blamed for something like that when that's not the case, when the church is actually teaching, but there are those unfortunately below who are not who are not following the teaching this is why it's so important again in listening for god don't just take something at the surface and believe every single source that you see i have so many catholics who write me and say well why did the pope say this or why did or why aren't they asking me if he said that versus why he said that they're automatically assuming what they see in the media and trust me the majority of the mass media, and I speak from 20 plus years in newsrooms, okay? Mm -hmm. They have no idea how the church operates. 
There are no more beat reporters. They don't get it. They don't want to get it. As a matter of fact, if you don't believe me, go to a website called Get Religion, where Terry Mattingly writes all about how much the media do not get religion. So that's my little pontificating on the media. I've got <laughs> another question here for you. And oh my gosh, and, and time is running out and I don't want it to run out because it's so much fun to be here with you. Um, but someone is asking, can you please talk about Sister Lu uh, Lucha and her process of canonization. Can you give us a minute or two on that? Yes, I just interviewed, which is still up on my Facebook page. If uh, And it was also, I think there was a, an article at catholicworldreport.com that featured a summary of my interview, but my Facebook page is simply Facebook at Mrs. Teresa Tamio, and you'll find the links at uh, my website at teresatamio.com to all my social media. But Sister Angela, this is an amazing story. She was the postulator for the, um, the other seers, uh, Francesco and, um, uh, uh, gosh, I can't, Lucinta, to both of them who are now saints. And now she's the postulator for the cause of Sister Lucia. This is just beginning. She hasn't even been, been named um, venerable yet or a servant of God. So it's in its earliest stages. And right now, what she told me is she's in the process of going through so many um, statements and different writings. And so it's, it's going to be a while before we hear anything. But for more details, and just for the sake of time, you can go to, again, my Facebook page, or you can go to uh, Catholic World Reporter. Email me. I'd be happy to send you the article. But uh, there's been a couple of different interviews that Sister Angela, uh, who's a postulator for the cause, has done in recent weeks uh, in honor of um, the whole situation with Sister Lucia. And see the movie Fatima. It's amazing. It, it's on Netflix right now. It's fantastic. Um, okay, let's get back to your book here. Let's, um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I can... I have to just shout out and let everybody know we are in our 12th year of the Dynamic Woman of Faith Conference. And I think I have tried to invite Teresa at least five times to speak at the conference, but she's always so busy. So I'm just excited that we well, are. Are your borders open yet? What's going on with Canada? Because I miss going to Windsor. My husband and I consider Windsor a suburb. We love the Windsor area. They have a great Italian neighborhood, uh, Little Italy there with all kinds of great restaurants. The waterfront's beautiful. I, I love Windsor. I love Ontario, but we haven't been able to get across the border. So uh, no, no. the border's open, I'll come. Yeah, no, we'll, no we're, right now our, we're, we're in still complete lockdown. We can't even go to mass, never mind have a conference. But I just want everybody to know how lucky we are to have you here today because uh, I, uh, I've been trying for a long time. So it's kind of worked out just beautifully that, you know, we've, we've been able to connect. Um, so you, you hosted a Listening for God virtual conference as well. Yeah. We had, um, thank you for asking about that. It was actually a month ago, April 16th to the 18th, but it's still available if folks want to check it out, listeningforgodconference.com. And we had, I think, close to 70, 75 speakers. And we had uh, contributors from the book. Almost every contributor had a talk, but I told them, I don't want the same story. I want you to give another example of listening for God. And they blew me away in terms of the different stories that they shared. So in addition to the contributors to the book, we had folks such as 
uh, Jeff Cavins, we had Steve Ray, Al Cresta gave another amazing talk about uh, dealing with his, uh, his battle with depression and something that I had never heard of before within that struggle. I knew pretty much his whole testimony, but something that happened to him along the way was just, it was a godsend that brought him to his knees and it was incredible. Oh my goodness, let's see. Well, Kelly Walquist, um, we had actor Bug Hall, who's played in a number of movies, a young actor. What a story that he had gone through. And so all these folks came together and what we did was we offered it free for one weekend and then there was an availability to, to purchase it at a very uh, great price. I forget who the price is like 50 bucks or something. Wow. And you're able to view it till the end of the year. So check it out, listeningforgodconference.com. Everybody loved it. You can even buy it for your parish. There's a parish um, price as well. And if you get the parish price and you get a passcode then everybody in the parish can have access to it till the end of the year. Yeah, so it went really well. We're going to do more. I'm actually heading to, I was telling you before we started recording, I'm heading to God willing, please, everything <laughs> is so far set, heading back to what I call the motherland, Italy, to broadcast my show there live the second week of June. And we're also going to be taping some interviews to do a virtual Rome pilgrimage walking people through the streets of Rome and what they need to think about. Oh my gosh, <laughs> make sure that I'm on your email list there. Yes. I, would, yeah. uh, I just absolutely love, 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 love Italy. How can you not love Italy? Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, so someone is- Crazy out. beautiful. I said God was just showing off when he made that Italy. I mean, it's just so gorgeous. Every region uh, is different and yeah. And I, I, I just want to shout out too, you know, um, to all the moms here. You know, especially young adults, um, I found that once we took our kids, um, I guess it was just a few years ago now, once we took them to Rome, it was a game changer because all of a sudden the faith isn't just mama going, yep, 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 you know, uh, we yep. were very blessed to have a private tour of the Vatican with Monsignor Sosman before he passed away and, um, and, and, you know, and having breakfast with him and, and, and just well, it makes the faith real, even more real, in addition to obviously your home parish and receiving the sacraments. But when you are walking in the footsteps of St. Peter and St. Paul, and when you understand the, the location of the Vatican, and when you're talking about, you know, the tomb of St. Peter and the Scavi tour and all of that, everything just, you go to the Colosseum, you learn about Christian persecution, you go to the tomb of Santa Cecilia, St. Cecilia. It, it's just crazy Catholic, beautiful overload. And, <laughs> and that's why I started another company called Tease Italy, travelitalyexpert.com, where I do Italy consulting because so many people were coming to me because I've been there so many times because of my job in Catholic media and leading pilgrimages. They would ask me for itineraries and information. And, and I just said, okay, I've got to take this more seriously. And so I started a, an Italy consulting company where I do one hour consultations with folks and all the, I've been there over 50 times. So I know it pretty well all over Italy. And so I, I can tell you where to, you know, eat, you know, pray and play and shop <laughs> what to see. And also most importantly, how to trace your Catholic roots. It's, it's a phenomenal country and it's so alive with the faith and Eucharistic miracles. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a big treat that I get to do what I love in addition to being on the air, going and to Italy as often as I do. To, you know, if you can't actually get to Italy, maybe connect with Teresa so that 
um, your kids can maybe participate in a virtual tour, right? Well, we're going to be doing, anyone will be able to take part. We're looking at the fall because there's a lot of production involved and, and you're on my email list and, and we're friends, we keep in touch. So I'd be happy to come back on and talk about the virtual pilgrimage that we're doing. It's going to be beautiful because we're, we're going to be able to actually uh, interview some of the people in their settings. And then actually we have one of our guides, Fabio. Don't you love that name, Fabio? Fabio. It's going to take us all around to his favorite jaunts throughout Rome, his favorite pizza. We're going to have fun too, in addition to, you know, following the footsteps of the saints and talking about pilgrimage. We're going to interview the head of the Vatican museums and we have all kinds of great stuff. But then there's that, that fun side, you know, that, yeah, that sure. opportunity to just soak up God's beauty in a different way. You know, the food, the, the, the art, the sights, and we're going to have Fabio kind of walk us through some of the favorite spots of Rome. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, we've often dreamed dynamic woman of faith to have actually a dynamic woman of faith pilgrimage. We can talk, girlfriend. Okay. I'm not kidding. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I'd, I'd love I work it. with all kinds. I'd, be, I'd love to do that for you. Yeah, I know. That would be so fun. I, I have another question here. We've only got a few more minutes from a mom and my heart always goes out to them. I've been praying for my children and grieving for them in a sense because they don't have a prayer life and they're making decisions that have caused me many tears. This morning, I asked God to speak to me in scripture and asked God how I should proceed with this grief. I opened scripture to Jeremiah 31, 15, where Rachel is weeping for her children and refuses to be comforted because they are no more. God tells her to keep her voice from weeping and her eyes from tears, for there is a reward for your work. They shall come back to the land of the from the land of the enemy. There is hope for your future. Your children will come back to their country. So God's word is alive. What a beautiful well, see, that's a godsidence. That's what we talked about in this book. And, and let me tell you something dear one, that I'm, I'm one of those kids who went away and caused my mother <laughs> many tears. And if I can come back to the faith after I was lost in the secular media and the whole career thing and the money and all that, then anybody can come back to the faith. So you keep praying, you, you keep, my mother used to say in her New Jersey accent, offer it up to God and put it at the foot of the course. <laughs> keep doing that. And, and God hears your prayers and Maybe the, uh, God willing, they'll come back if they don't, you know, they're adults, sweetheart, you did and you keep praying for them and you keep saying I'm available if you have any questions and maybe when you feel comfortable I always tell people, maybe invite them to an event, invite them to something online, you know, maybe send them something that you thought was interesting, uh, that they might be able to relate to, uh, and, or, or and if they come to you with questions, you know, be willing to answer the questions and be open. And just be there, just just do this whole thing of um, of being present to people is we learned this in, in going through diaconate formation that a lot of being a good Christian is just showing up. And sooner or later, they're going to come to you and they're going to need some advice and just love them and pray for them and just be there and just keep doing what you're doing. Again, I came back. I fell away for many years. And but be careful what you pray for. Look at us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing, too. I'm a big believer that, you know, always to be giving, uh, uh, you know, inspirational books to your kids. Right. This listening for God. This you know? is a thank you. This is a perfect book because it's not like over the top. You know, it's it's all positive. It's just individual people at different stages of their life. It's not 
overly zealous or anything like that. And, and people love stories. There's angel stories in here, right? People love stories about angels. It's very uplifting. It's very encouraging. And I actually put these stories together with people like your children in mind and then thinking about myself when I was away from the faith, how would I react to this? And, and I think I would be very open because a lot of the stories are funny, they're moving, uh, but they're not to make, they're not going to make your, your children feel like they're being judged in any way. Yeah. It's not like the Baltimore catechism, right? right. It's something like a subtle, and I love the Baltimore catechism, but I'm just, you know, different uh, people are on different um, levels. Modes. Right. And, you know, my, my mom used to have a saying, a Polish saying, you know, kobieta musi być do tańca i do różańca, meaning that a woman or a mom has to be able to, yes, pray the rosary, but dance a good jig, right? Like if it's all serious religion, you're going to scare your kids, right? Whereas if you know how to dance and you know how to have fun and you know how to pray the rosary, right? And, you know, I always say to moms, you got to be demanding, but delightful. Right? Yeah, I love that. Demand love that. and delightful. delightful. Yeah. Because if you can delight your child's heart, you know, because sometimes we just focus on the demand, 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 and we're not delighting them. And, and so we never enter into their hearts if we right. don't light them. And um, I think delighting them is almost more important than being demanding. Okay, so Paola Marshall, Madonna House, a beautiful Catholic apostolate in Cumbermary has beautiful programs for young adults to join for a day or a week. Their spirituality meets with the ordinary daily life in the, in the beautiful um, uh, scenery. So thank you, Paola, for, for that. Um, any other kind of closing questions here? Because our time is running out. Um, are there any kind of closing thoughts perhaps that you have, Teresa? Just can't wait to do your virtual Italy tour. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> I'm signing in. And uh, Liz Garcia has asked Dorothy, you know, Liz and I went to kindergarten together and then our kids played baseball. So we've known each other a very long time. She's saying, Dorothy, are you going to get... Um, a, a Teresa Tamio's book. Yes, I am. And yes, we can order it together. And I always like ordering several copies of things. So then that way, you know, I always say, you never know who you can give one to as a gift. Absolutely. Yeah, they're great gifts. And, and because I'm telling you, this book is so inspirational. It's so uplifting. It's not threatening or anything. And, and you'll, you'll get lost in it. And what's nice is you can pick it up. You can read one chapter, put it down. But I found that most people who get it are reading it all the way through because the stories are, are so inspiring and, and uplifting. Uh, but any final thoughts, I, I would just say, um, never lose heart, never lose hope, whatever situation you're in, that, that God is real, he loves us. And if he can, again, save my marriage and turn my life around to do what I'm doing now, then he can work, he can work with anybody because I was a tough case, okay? And every day I get on the air and I'm like, I, I can't believe God has given me this opportunity. I'm, I'm, despite all the craziness and all the division and everything that we're seeing in the world, Jesus is still on his throne. He is God. And he, it's not a surprise. Nothing that you're going through or I'm going through or the world's going through is a surprise to the Lord. He sees everything. He's all knowing. He's omnipotent. And everything is going to work together for good because he's God and he says so. And I believe him. So keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Always, always, always remember that the church, the best play for a woman, place for a woman to be is in relationship with Jesus Christ in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Get to know Jesus better, get to know your faith better. And just every morning when you get up, do the St. Teresa of Avila thing, 
Here I am, Lord. I am yours. I was made for you. What do you want me to do every single day? That's so beautiful. That's, uh, uh, and again, just deferring to my, my Polish mother, she always, she had another saying, nie ma tego złego, co na dobre nie wyszło. And if I were cruel, I'd make you repeat it. Nie ma tego złego. <laughs> <laughs> but is that there's nothing bad that happens that good doesn't come of it, right? Amen. Romans 8, 28. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. You know, so these, these Polish sayings, I found, oh my gosh, they're actually based in scripture. Um, now, do you have just before we sign off do you do you have a minute maybe just to tell us a little bit about your relationship with your mom or is that a time for another talk sure no i mean i can i mean it's 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 um a funny story because we're both we're we um you know i'm the youngest of three girls and i'm a lot like my mom very outspoken not at all shy very opinionated and in a lot of ways we we often would butt heads because we were so much alike (laughs) And so it wasn't a perfect relationship. Yeah, uh, no. And we, we struggled year after year. But I think the last few years before she died, I think we really came became closer and, and we came to appreciate each other. But she had a lot of, you know, I, I I love I love Polish moms, I love Italian moms, I love those 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 solid ethnic groups that we all have to pay wherever we're from, whether we're you know from uh, the south, whether we're from the north, east, west, we all have these roots that we carry with our, our very rich. Uh, heritages. And, and of course, I'm 100% Italian. Um, my mom's family, uh, both of her parents from Italy, my same thing with my father's family. And so the basic wisdom of, of really the thing that she used to always say, I keep going back to it. Whenever we were struggling, she'd say, you know, offer it up to God. She had an understanding of the theology of suffering and she never lost her accent. I was born in Jersey City, New Jersey. And we moved to Michigan when I was a child. So I was raised here. But she never lost her accent. And to the day she died, was always talking like this. As a matter of fact, when our, our precious pastor came in to give her the anointing of the sick, she kind of had a, a rebound and she was up and she was lucid. And she looked at him and she says, Monsignor, what are you doing here? Am I dying or something? <laughs> so it was, I would say it was, it was a good relationship. It wasn't perfect, but, but we got each other and we appreciated each other and, and we made it work. And, you know, I'm not going to lie and sit there and say it was a perfect mother daughter relationship. It wasn't, we struggled over the years, but at the end of the day, she's my mom. And, I, and I'm so grateful that she gave birth to me, said yes to life and also gave me my Catholic faith. Yeah. And, and so I always say too, you know, people say, Oh, Dorothy with your mother. One, one woman actually defriended me on Facebook. Cause she said, I can't take this mom stuff. Cause I had a terrible relationship with my mom. And I'm like, wait a minute. Do you think that, you know, my relationship with my mother was perfect? perfect. No yeah. way. Right. Um, I was being raised in Canada with the feminist movement and she's old school. There was <laughs> right. But I, I thank God she never gave up on me. And I, yep. I, I strongly believe in intercessory prayers because, mm-hmm. you know, of my mom. So uh, it's, it's exciting to meet um, another mom or in meeting your mom that, that she was feisty too, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 Very feisty. <laughs> and of course, uh, it was so funny. She also kept me very humble. And it's, it's kind of interesting because my, my grandnieces are, are, are twins, Liliana and Francesca. Um, they, they kind of remind me so much of my mother because they're so outgoing and they're so feisty. And they love their Uncle Dami. 
Okay. So every time I come over, they kind of remind me of my mom because when I go visit my mom where she um, spent the last two years of her life at a beautiful assisted living facility right across the hall from her best friend. It was a hoot and a half, long story there. But anyway, um, and I'd go in to visit her and I'd, I'd you know, go after the show and I'd make it over there and Don would be at work and I'd walk in the room and she'd look at me and then she'd look behind me and she'd Where's your husband? Not even, hi, honey. Oh, I'm your flesh and blood. Don't I get anything? And now my nieces, when I walk in the house, and if Uncle Dominic isn't there, they're like, where's Uncle Dommy? And I'm like, hello, Rose. She's speaking, Rose is speaking through those kids. So, you know, but it's it's all it's all good. And I think the older you get, you just don't worry about the the small stuff. I mean, you just life is so precious and you, you, not that you you uh, forget that there were struggles and everything, but people, I really believe at the end of the day, people do the best that they can. And, yeah. and we have to learn to forgive. And even if we were in a bad situation with a relative or with our family, we pray for them. We're called to forgive them. Yes. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have a relationship with that person. We're called to forgive. We're not called to hang out with them all the time. I think there's a difference. So for those of you who are out there and didn't have or don't have a relationship maybe with your closest relatives. I'm estranged to a couple of my relatives too. Um, and I pray and I still let them know I'm here if they ever want to come around, but that's all you can do. But you just yeah. have to forgive them and love them and leave the rest up to God. Yeah, yeah, no. So thank you so very, very much, Teresa. Just such an honor to, you know, to, to have you here and to you know, get to know you just a, a little bit better. And uh, for those of you that joined us today, thank you so much. Um, you know, please tell your friends about these weekly sessions. And uh, I always like to end up with, uh, I'm so glad we had this time. Uh, oh boy, we're really revealing our age. To <laughs> have a laugh or sing a song. Seems we just get so started. started and it's the time we have to say so long. Or as my mother used to say, so long. We'll see you later. Oh, don't forget my website, TeresaTamio.com. Teresa without an H. The book is there, all the information, travelitalyexpert.com. And you can listen to me on the radio. I know I have a lot of listeners in Canada. I'm on every day from 9 to 10 on EW10. And you can go to AveMariaRadio.net as well. But Sirius Satellite 139 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. Yeah, and uh, I'll be getting lots of copies of your book. So thank you very much. And uh, yeah, God bless. Have a great time in Italy. And Ciao. Uh, I'm going to be doing newsletters and blogs. Everybody stay tuned for the Italy updates. Okay. Arrivederci. Okay, bye everybody. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.